Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible. Jumpstart your Bible study with more than 8,000 study notes from Dr. Jeremiah to help you discover what the Bible says, what it means, and what it means for you. Available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard Version in standard print. For more details or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. Welcome to Turning Point. We live each day in the physical world, while all around us agents of good and evil exist in a realm that is unseen, at least most of the time. Today, Dr. David Jeremiah shares a rare instance when God allowed mankind to see that invisible realm, inspiring incredible confidence. From his series on Elisha, here's David to introduce today's message, Experiencing God's Protection. Well, I hope you've been with us through this entire series on the life of Elisha. It's a wonderful study, and it would make a great small group experience. You can do that by getting the study guides that we produce. These are beautiful uh, study guides that all the members of your group could have, and you could have your study guide, and you could get the CD package that goes with this series, and you could facilitate a wonderful study on the life of Elisha. It will provoke incredible biblical discussions and uh, teach a lot of people uh, some truth that maybe they've looked over in their uh, perusal of the Bible. You know, the Bible speaks about the natural man, the person unaided by the Spirit of God who helps us see things from God's perspective. Once our perspective changes and we see the world through his eyes, we begin to gain the courage to pray and expect God's solutions to our problems. And today we're going to learn that from the last part of the sixth chapter of Second Kings as we talk about experiencing God's protection. Before we go there, however, let me remind you again that during this month, our special resource is the 2022 calendar. This year, it's called Moving Toward Hope. It's a 14-month calendar beginning in November, and it's yours for a gift of any size to the Ministry of Turning Point, and your gift will be used exclusively to cover the cost of airtime and production so that these radio programs can continue to come to you every day. Send a gift to Turning Point of any size during the month of September. Make sure you ask for the calendar when you send your gift, and uh, the calendar will be mailed to you. It's beautiful. you want to put it up someplace where you can see it every day for the next months ahead. It's time to get back to our study on Elisha from 2 Kings chapter 6. Here is Experiencing God's Protection. One of the most incredible stories about the protection of God that I have ever heard or read was told by Cory ten Boom, a prisoner of war during the Holocaust days. She and her sister Betsy had just arrived at Ravensbrook, and new prisoners were being searched as they came into this very terrible place. Corey said, as she wrote about it, that she was hiding a Bible under her dress. And she wrote, It did bulge out, obviously, through my dress, but I prayed, Lord, cause now your angels to surround me, and then let them not be transparent today, for the guards must not see me. I felt perfectly at ease. Calmly, I passed the guards, she wrote. Everyone was checked from the front, the sides, and the back. Not a bulge escaped the eyes of the guard. 
The woman just in front of me had hidden a woolen vest under her dress. It was taken from her. They let me pass, for they did not see me. Betsy, right behind me, was searched. Outside awaited another danger. On each side of the door were women who looked everyone over for a second time. They felt over the body of each one who passed. I knew they would not see me, for the angels were still surrounding me. I was not even surprised when they passed me by. But within me rose this jubilant cry, O Lord, if you do so answer prayer, I can face even Ravensbrook unafraid. That was just one of the miraculous things that happened to her, especially her and her sister, when they were put into those terrible prison camps. Now, I don't know how to explain that. Somebody says, do you believe that to be true? Yes, I do. I believe that happened to that woman. She was an unusual woman and had an incredible relationship with God. I do not know what it's like to know what she experienced, but I do know what it's like to need the protection of God. Don't we all? With all that's going on around us these days, I think we're all more aware of our need for help than ever before. And for that reason, I'm so thankful that the Bible has so much to say about the role that God has in our lives as our protector. Men and women, God is your protector. He's my protector. From Genesis to Revelation, God is revealed as someone who watches over his people keeping them safe in the midst of danger. Throughout the Bible, he is described as our shield, our fortress, our hiding place, our keeper, our refuge, our rock, our shade, our shelter, and our stronghold. God told Abraham, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you. The psalmist said, The Lord is my fortress, protecting me, from danger. Zechariah wrote, the Lord of heaven's armies will protect his people. John 17, 11 says in Jesus' prayer, Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by your power. And Peter promised through your faith, God is protecting you by his power. I don't know if you have ever felt and sensed the protecting power of the Lord. The story we're going to talk about today is a miracle-working story from the life of Elisha. We're going to look at a series of miracles that happen kind of all connected together, and the story is in 2 Kings chapter 6. In this story, there are three things I want you to remember as you study your Bibles. First of all, the Lord protects us in unusual ways. In 2 Kings 6, 8 through 10, we read these words. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God, Elisha, sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. And the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God have told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Now that's a little bit of a wordy paragraph, so let me tell you what's going on here. Israel was at war with Syria. And Elisha had the power to discern 
all of Syria's military secrets. Naturally, he would share those discoveries with the king of Israel. And the Bible says he didn't do it just once or twice, but over and over again. And from the perspective of the Israelites, the whole scene was hilarious. One commentator explains that God has always been in the business of protecting his people in unusual ways. And the biblical narrative is literally littered with instances of God's strange and often amusing protection of his own. If you study this story carefully, what you discover is that when the enemy of Israel was plotting to do damage to the Israelites and was discussing it with his staff, Elisha was able to hear everything and before anything ever happened, he knew what was going to happen. So he'd go tell the king of Israel, don't go there because they're waiting for you there. And apparently the Syrian king was not finding this very humorous because everywhere he went before he could get there to do his deed, somebody told the people that he was coming. He couldn't figure it out. He thought that he had a mole in his army. He thought somebody was a traitor. He wanted to know who was committing treason against him. And so he made some accusations. And in the verse that follows, verse 12, one of his people said to him, It's not us, my lord, the king. Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. In other words, don't get after us. We're not ratting you out. We're not telling the enemy what you're doing. Elisha has picked up the frequency of your voice, and through the power of God, he's alerting your enemies everything that you're planning to do. It was like Elisha had the enemy bugged. He was involved in espionage at the highest level, and the king wanted to know where Elisha was so he could go and kill him. And that brings us to our second point. Not only does the Lord protect us in unusual ways, as he did Elisha and the Israelites, he also protects us in unseen ways. Listen carefully as the story continues. In verses 13 and 14, the king of Syria sends his forces to capture Elisha. He said, go and see where he is, that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and they surrounded the city. The troops located Elisha in this little town of Dothan and surrounded the place by night with soldiers and horses and chariots. And once again, we sense a little humor in how the author is telling the story. Does the king of Syria really need to send horses and chariots and a great army under the cover of night just to get one guy? Well, early the next morning, Elisha's servant went out and discovers the dreadful trap that has been set for them around the city where they slept the night before. And with despair, he goes back in to report to Elisha, and this is what he said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Now that's a common phrase in the Bible, and it's becoming more of a common phrase in my life too. Alas, my master, what shall we do? But Elisha wasn't afraid. He wasn't taken down by what was going on. In fact, He had a different perspective on the situation. Listen to what he told his servant. Verses 16 and 17. He said to his servant, Do not fear, 
For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now just stop there for a moment and see if you can capture the irony of that statement to this servant who's just seen the mountains surrounding his little city filled with Syrians. And then his master says to him, don't be afraid because we got more than they have. As far as he knew, they only had two, Elisha and him. And then the Bible says, Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. God answered Elisha's prayer. And for a few moments, the young man was allowed to see the unseen. And what did he see? A hillside filled with horses and chariots of fire. The army of the Lord had showed up to protect Elisha. Commentators believe this is a description of the invisible army of the Lord. An army that consists of angels riding on chariots of fire. What do they do? Well, they do a lot. We don't have time to get into all the details, but one of the primary duties of God's angels is to protect his people. I have people ask me all the time, Dr. Jeremiah, do you believe in guardian angels? And what they mean by that, do you believe that every believer has a particular angel assigned to them? Now, I don't know that I could ever prove that from the Bible, but I often answer the question in this way. Why would you ever want just one angel when you can get the whole army? I mean, I bet Elisha wasn't sitting there that day. Where's my guardian angel? No, he had the army of God. And the Bible tells us that angels have this particular role in our lives today. Hebrews 1 says angels are only servants, spirits that are sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. So the first two things we've learned is that the Lord protects us in unusual ways. And sometimes he protects us in unseen ways. And then the Lord protects us in unexpected ways. And the little thread of humor in this story continues. As the Syrian soldiers closed in on Elisha, Elisha prayed a second time to God. And in verse 18, we read that when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and he said, strike this people, I pray, with blindness. And the Lord struck the Syrian army with blindness according to the word of Elisha. In their blindness, Elisha led the Syrian troops down the road 10 miles to Samaria, which is inside of Israel, and into the hands of Israel's king and army. And then Elisha prayed for a third time. He said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes and they saw, and there they were inside Samaria. They came to Dothan to get Elisha and take him out. Elisha prayed and God caused them to go blind for a period of time. And in their blindness, Elisha led them back right into the heart of Israel, right into the presence of the Israeli army. And then he opened their eyes and the Bible says, and there they were, right in the middle of Samaria. When the Syrians' eyes were opened, they discovered that instead of having Elisha for a prisoner, they were the prisoners themselves. And then Israel's king asked Elisha if he should kill the Syrians. 
Now, I don't know what you think should have happened to them, but this is an interesting outcome in this story. 2 Kings 6, 22 and 23 says, You shall not kill them. Would you kill those whom you have taken captive with your sword and your bow? Set food and water before them, that they may eat and drink and go to their master. And he prepared a great feast for them. And after they ate and drank, he sent them away, and they went to their master. So the bands of Syrian raiders came no more into the land of Israel. And I don't blame them for that. The Syrians were guests at Israel's feast. And there is this unexpected twist in this story. And it tells us that this is the way we're to treat our enemies in many situations. For instance, Proverbs says it this way. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For so you will heap coals of fire on his head, and the Lord will reward you. Matthew 5 says, Love your enemies, bless those who curse you, and do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Only Christians can do that. That's a very hard thing to do, to bless your enemy, to pray for them, to ask God to care for them. In that Old Testament story, we're given an illustration of how that works. As we close our message, I want to leave you with two thoughts about what this story might mean for our lives today. We've gone through the story very quickly. There's a lot of verses in this chapter dedicated to this story, and so we've sort of summarized them in this message. But the two things I want you to remember, you don't want to summarize these. You want to inculcate them into your life. First of all, here we see the power of perspective. In our story, did you notice how Elisha calmed the fears of the young man who was scared to death of the surrounding enemy? Listen to Elisha's words. He answered, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Elisha commanded the young man not to be afraid. Sometimes we need to talk back to our fears or have someone else infuse us with the words of courage when we don't have any. But I want you to notice another thing. Elisha didn't stop with the command. He also gave the young man a reason why he shouldn't have to be afraid. Here is where perspective comes. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Perspective is powerful. It determines whether we will face life's challenges with courage or with trepidation. I don't know men and women that there has ever been a time when we have needed perspective more than we need it now. And like Elisha's servant, we cried out, Alas, Lord, what shall we do? But what if, what if surrounding our nation at this time was an army of God's holy angels? And what if our eyes were opened so that we could see them? And while the turmoil continued to boil on this earth, would it make any difference to us if we could see what God was doing in his heaven? Elisha tied courage to perspective. If we look at our enemies merely from the human point of view, we will always be overwhelmed and full of fear. But if we can see the unseen, we will be full of confidence, knowing that there are more on our side 
than those who are against us. In the New Testament, John wrote something like this. He said in 1 John 4, 4, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Now listen to this. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. John said that the one who lives within us, the Holy Spirit, is greater than any enemy we have in the world. He who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. If we can remember that, we won't be afraid. But if we take vision as our only source of input, if the only thing we think about is what we watch on television, which, by the way, you should probably not do so much these days, but if that's all we get into our hearts and into our minds, and we never understand from the Word of God that the one who is within us is more powerful than all of the things that we're watching, then we will be afraid. But if we can learn 1 John 4, 4 and make it a part of our lives, we can look at what's happening and just in a calm way say, yeah, it's pretty bad, but I want you to know something, friend. He who is in me is greater than that which is happening in the world. That's called perspective. How badly we need perspective in this day and age. The power of perspective. Let me talk to you for a minute about the possibilities of prayer. Three times in this story, Elisha prays to the Lord. Second Kings 6.17, Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. In verse 18, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, strike this people with blindness. And that's what happened. And in verse 20, he prayed, Lord, open the eyes of these men. Boy, it looks like Elisha's getting a lot accomplished through prayer, doesn't it? His friend's eyes were open to spiritual things. Yet the possibilities of prayer are astonishing I think Jesus would agree. Do you remember what he told Mark in chapter 11 of Mark's gospel? He said, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Make sure you never forget that the one in you is greater than everything that's going on in the world. And don't forget to pray. Prayer is the greatest force we know. I sometimes tell people when they say, well, I've tried everything else. All I can do now is pray. I say, well, you've just been reduced to the most powerful influence in the whole world. We shouldn't pray last. We should pray first. And I'd like you to know that if you have never put your trust in Jesus Christ, you can do that. You know, I preach about a lot of things. I don't always preach a straight down the middle gospel message. But what I found out is when you preach the word of God, God does his work in people's hearts. If you don't know Jesus Christ, I want you to know that if you will put your trust in Jesus Christ, his amazing grace will come and forgive you of your sin and give you eternal life. Amen. Amen. And you know, the word of God is so powerful that if you allow it to work in your life, it will change you. It will change everything about you. So many personal illustrations of that that are being seen and experienced by all of us in this very fruitful time of evangelism here in America and in 
in all of our churches, this is what I hear everywhere, that God is doing a special work in people's lives. Perhaps it's the result of the pandemic, who knows? But God is at work, and he may be at work in your life if he is. Don't resist him. Cooperate with him. Let the Holy Spirit bring conviction to your heart and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Tomorrow on Turning Point, we're going to talk about a day of good news as we move from the sixth chapter of Second Kings into the seventh chapter. I hope you'll be with us then. And don't forget, during these days, um, we're asking you to sign up for our fall rallies. We're running out of time now. This is September. The rallies begin the 1st of October, but you still have time to get your tickets. We will electronically send these tickets to you. You will have them in plenty of time for the rally in Tampa, Florida on October the 5th at the Yingling Center or in Jacksonville, Florida on October the 7th at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena. October the 26th will be in Houston, Texas at the Berry Center, and October the 28th in Fort Worth, Texas at the Dickies Arena. Don't forget to order your tickets. You have to have a ticket, but you will have them in plenty of time if you take uh, the discipline today and make sure you have the tickets you need to come to these events and bring some friends with you that we can celebrate our faith together. We'll see you right here tomorrow on this good station as we continue our study of Elisha. I'm David Jeremiah. Thank you for listening. See you next time. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's current series, Elisha, the Double Blessed Prophet, visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected, our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of our inspiring 14-month calendar for 2022, Moving Toward Hope, filled with scriptures and images to encourage your walk. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your favorite smart devices or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries to instantly access our content. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.org radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, Elisha, the Double Blessed Prophet, here on Turning Point. the young ones in your life on an unforgettable journey that will get them excited about the Word of God with the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible. Then continue the adventure with monthly audio adventures on airshipgenesis.com. Plus, download the Airship Genesis mobile game where kids will travel back in time to the life of Jesus. Blast off with the young one in your life at airshipgenesis.com. If you enjoy listening to Turning Point with David Jeremiah, you'll be happy to hear that there is now a daily Turning Point television broadcast that you can watch each weekday. Tune in to Faith TV, Joy TV, or Miracle Channel Monday through Friday to watch the Turning Point daily television broadcast. Be sure to check your local listings for the channel and time in your area. Or visit davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV to download a program schedule or watch at your convenience. That website again is davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV. John W. Gardner was the Secretary of Health, Education, and Welfare under President Lyndon Johnson and a leader in the field of education and leadership development. 
I like the way he defined the goal of education. The ultimate goal of the educational system, Gardner said, is to shift to the individual the burden of pursuing his own education. I believe that is a good word for Christians who want to know God. It's not enough to listen to a sermon once a week or even attend a Bible study. Those are good, of course, but ultimately every Christian must delve into God's Word daily. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover how to get educated about God on Route 66. Route 66, driving the Word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.